inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, by Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. They have all your needs all year round. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and so much more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. For specials, store locations, and hours, go online, sticksandstuff.com. By PR Lumber, their big customer appreciation sale in progress today. Don't miss out on great values all year round, especially today on Customer Appreciation Day. PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott with Family Mill Lumber for all your projects. Check them out on Facebook today. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. GuysFarmandYard.com Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, bringing you the In the Garden podcast. DandelionAcres.com online. And here is the host of in the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Well, thank you, you all. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Those are actually little garden plants. Oh, little garden Muppet, plants. Muppet kept, plants, yeah. yeah, from the John Denver's appearance on the Muppet. So you were applauded Somehow, by carrots and peas. And, seems appropriate, yeah. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy, uh, quite a reprieve in the hot weather. It's been mm. really nice. matter of fact, uh, we were like, hmm, I think we're going to need an extra blanket tonight. <laughs> And uh, so good garden weather, good good time to get out in in uh, in the outdoors all around. I heard people, friends taking walks and climbing mountains and riding bikes and all that stuff. And if you get a chance to get out in the garden, um, I told you was it two weeks ago about a tomato, the uh, marmalade, the orange tomato that. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have brought one in for you. I got some more on Friday. And uh, when I was uh, at the market, uh, I think it's Littlewood uh, Farm stand they had there. At, uh, it's a tiny farmer's market in Plainfield, but it's fun to go to. And and uh, she had um, 
uh, well, I was looking at a board and I thought it was said shiso, which is uh, a Japanese green that's used for uh, different things, sort of like basil in a way. And I said, I don't see any shiso here. And she says, no, that's shishito, not shiso. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> here you go. See, the, that's shishito oh, right I, I, there. Yep. They're frying onions. Oh, yeah. Uh, frying peppers, peppers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Frying peppers. And, uh, uh, frankly, I had never tried them before. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried them, but you can take these home with you and try them if you're, Whoa. if you're inclined. Um, and, and that's just it. Uh, you just snap the stem off the top, comes right off real easy. Uh, throw them in a, a skillet with, uh, you know, hot uh, olive oil is what I used. Mm. And you just, you just fry them until they blister on two sides. And then take them out, put a little soy sauce or salt on them, or, and uh, some uh, lemon juice or lime juice, uh, and that's it. They're just like eating, uh, you know, popcorn. They're so delicious. My wife and I were throwing them on our pizza Friday night last night, and um, uh, I was so surprised. Now, in all these years that I've been gardening and eating wonderful vegetables, I have never tried them before. How about you? Is no, this would be a first. Okay. Although I've been uh, I, back in the day when my stomach could handle it a little better, I grew all these crazy hot peppers. That well, I, these yeah. are sweet. They yeah. aren't hot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I learned uh, <laughs> to mark where you plant the sweet bell peppers <laughs> and the hot bell peppers. Or, or, yeah, the long ones. What are you called by that uh, bell? Uh, yeah. The chili peppers? Yeah. Those ones? Yeah. yeah oh. They, oh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm blanking at the word, but the long ones, the, not the, not the round ones. The, the pepper. The peppers? Yeah. The long peppers. Yeah. Well, I think those Sweet. are. What do you call them? Gosh. I order them on pizza. I can't. Anyway. At any rate, uh, they the look sweet exactly bell alike. bell peppers, like yeah. those? Uh, yes, but I'm thinking of the, what are the, the long varieties called? Uh, there's a, Navarro is one type. Okay, I'm, I'm losing it oh, okay. at the moment. But I, what I did want to bring up is that I'm using capsaicin oh. for arthritis, oh. which is derived from hot peppers. That's right, yes. And I, I went, I was told that the effects are cumulative. I have lower back pain and hip pain now, yeah. you know, as yeah. a, yeah. a uh, middle aged man, middle aged at 78. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, that puts you at 150. Uh, yep. <laughs> at any rate, uh, I'm not, not kidding. Look for, look for, I found, uh, I found a, a roll-on variety, kind of like the old roll-on deodorant, yeah, but yeah. a roll-on variety of, uh, capsaicin 2.5%, the highest of, that huh? you can get without a prescription. Huh. The effects are cumulative and it, I found a product that works. Really? My back hurts much less and oh. put it on once a day and after about two weeks, uh-huh. your pain is greatly, di- at least mine was, greatly yeah. diminished. Wow. It's sort of like a tiger bomb in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just in a, in a. <laughs> but this is, but this is capsaicin purely taken from hot peppers. Hot peppers, yeah. chili peppers. Chili peppers, yes. Yeah. Yes, and there's a. Capsaicin po- is not the brand name. It is the, the substance, substance that name. makes him, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just that it, you know, you put it on and, oh, I feel good for five minutes. You probably won't feel good for another week or two. Yeah. But then it, it, it has a cumulative effect of simply numbing the nerves in that area. I'll be darned. Yeah, and, and I make a big deal of it because 
it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, food is our best medicine for sure. I guess so. <laughs> but these are just regular old frying peppers, and they're sweet. And you, uh, I've been doing a little research because, you know, I, I didn't grow any. And um, um, you got a call there? Yeah, I think so. Someone, oh, okay. I, I fully expected someone that's going to correct all my <laughs> misnomers and everything that doesn't seem to be Falling into place today. Oh, well, that's all You right. are on the air in the garden, your first name in town? It, it's Ted in Shelburne. Hi, Ted. Hey, Ted. And I just thought um, I would mention, being so very familiar with the escaped word, that it might be cayenne. Oh, yeah, I think they, so, yeah. yeah. Pepper, the long, yeah. the usual Mexican yeah. bushels at a time. Thank you. Hot pepper. And... Uh, I will just toss in and then let you get back to normal here. But uh, uh, yeah, I never... <laughs> get back to normal. That's a stretch, old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke, son. <laughs> uh, I never mentioned on the tomato session there that the Juliet has been my favorite for mm. a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of resistant. It's kind of it's very productive, and I take meticulous care of. Uh, it's it's wicked indeterminate and it's very thirsty mm. but given that it grows tall and it's very productive it grows clusters kind of of tomatoes and yep. they're oval shape and they're not like i mean they at farmers market people will mention roma but this is a juicy grown up tasting mm. flavorful tomato mm-hmm. and very productive i used to take the skins and seeds away and freeze them and stuff, but now they're just growing. And I let, it's as I say, wicked indeterminate. It will make suckers till the cows come home. Oh, yeah. But I give it, I, each plant gets three stakes at my house, about a foot and a half apart, mm-hmm. and I let two suckers go in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so each one of those goes to either side of the main stem, and they get three, five, or six-foot stakes. And I tie them up the old-fashioned way. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. But it's a very, it's a worthy, if, you know, unless you're one who just lets them ramble, kind of, which I'm not sure about. But uh, And it's a hybrid. Some wild ones are going by some old compost now, and I'm yeah. waiting and seeing, yeah. but they come up various ways. <laughs> and they will. Excellent. You're right. Excellent tomato. Yeah, very well, worthy. Very much. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Is that uh, that um, I've grown those and uh, and uh, the Nova is another sort of small ovalish that is okay. kind of and that's also real productive and and uh, of course for us here in our climate. You know, the smaller tomatoes, uh, yeah. you know, they ripen sooner, and the Juliet is right in there. It and I never also. really venture out for diversity. And they used to make a beautiful display and very functional at a farmer's market. Like mm-hmm. for kids, it's a mm-hmm. two-bite tomato and mm-hmm. very attractive and, mm-hmm. yeah. and a good thing. Great. Thanks <laughs> very much. I haven't heard of the two-bite tomato, but uh, there you go. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, have you ever tried those uh, frying t- uh, peppers? Oh, I lost nope. Ted. Okay. Um, uh, thank you, Ted. Uh, uh, let us see. 802-244-1776 for your gardening comments, questions, and uh, and uh, take advantage of the expertise of our host here today. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'll be making more crazy off-the-topic comments. <laughs> I did learn one thing that, you know, this is the 
my, my probably the least effort into a garden, and I always, always had tomato cages since I have about 50 mm. of them, you mm. know, in the mm. shed. Uh, for all my tomato plants, and I pay no attention whether they're uh, indeterminate or determinate. Now I know why it's good to have a trellis like you do, uh, you know, in a systematic way, and meet with my uh, with my uh, tomato cages yeah. for the uh, indeterminate ones because yep. the, uh, when you put them on a, in a tomato cage, the chipmunks can't get at them. But when they're crawling all along the ground, yeah. before you get your tomatoes, the uh, chipmunks and other uh, low-lying absolutely. creatures get them. Yeah, yeah, and the little critters, you know, it's not like they'll go and just take a whole tomato and you say, fine. Bring it for the one. family, yeah. Yeah, you know. Know, you know, that's fine. No, they come in and they nibble, take a bite nibble. and then they nibble on another one yeah. and then they, you know, just eat the whole thing, fine. would you? Yeah. You know, that's that's what they do with my beets and my carrots, too, when they when they get in the pad by accident. But I like the uh, three steak idea with the Juliets. That's a that's clever. Now, I was uh, thinking if I had three steaks, I'd skip the vegetables. <laughs> yeah, when he, he said they gave each one of them three steaks, Thanks that's a, right where my uh, men My wife said, to. boy, oh boy, what a, what a feast. You know, I'll be over there, Ted. Get, get the coals going. Kind of expensive fertilizer, <laughs> know, though. Right? <laughs> well, the Indians used to do the fish head, so that, I suppose that's something like that. <laughs> well, we, we thank Ted for the, the uh, cayenne pepper. I think that's what yeah, we're looking for. That's what for. I was looking for. Yeah. But, uh, I just call them hot peppers, but, you know, yes, they are cayenne peppers. Yeah, I, had, uh, I was growing all these different kinds, and I had a neighbor at the time, a family since moved away. This guy had maybe two dozen different super hot peppers, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. And uh, I know he, he loved them, and he did all different kinds of crazy things oh, with them, yeah. Yeah, the one, uh, yeah, I have a garden buddy out in Ohio, and he grows the ghost <laughs> they call them the ghost peppers because they they have the highest level of capsaicin in them and level of of uh, capsaicin. The worst thing I did is I ever see these little ornamental red pepper plants yeah, that I you put me. Yeah, and it said the you know these are so cute and everything, but even the little, tiny peppers are too hot to eat. <laughs> so I did take one and pinch it and just touch my tongue with it. And I, I think I broke Roger Bannister's uh, mile run, four minute mile at that time. Back in That was so many years ago that was Roger it, Bannister was still running. Butter bread or was it? Oh man. Because yeah, yeah, no, the water seems to make everything worse. No, right? it, was, it made it worse. It yeah. made it worse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, with regard to the capsation and your arthritis, for me it's yeah. my lower back. Yeah. They say once you put it on, it sinks in and then wash it off. You're not removing the effectiveness. Once it once it sinks into your skin, it's all right. Yeah. I don't bother doing it because it's my lower back. But yeah. if your arthritis is in your fingers or something, mm-hmm. make sure you wash it off, off because if you, you scratch your mm, eye, you'll uh, be sorry. Yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, one one uh, lady who who. Uh, Drinks a tremendous amount of capsaicin, and and I, when she told me how much, I, my stomach just started to hurt, yeah. thinking like, oh my good lord. But anyway, it's purely topical for what, how I use yeah. it, and as I yeah. say, it's just absolutely. It takes them two weeks, like they say, mm-hmm. on the on at least the product that I have. Yeah, is it an oil base or is it a cream or? It's what? a cream. It's a, like remember the in the old days they had maybe they still do roll-on deodorant. Yeah, oh yeah, with that's the ball, you mentioned with that. the rolling yep. ball. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's exactly like that. Not know. a bouncing ball. No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> for, for regular deodorant, I still use that the same menin. Oh I yeah, you, that they yeah. had when I was well, in the sixties. Right. I never stop with a you brand. Can't. I never stop with a brand that I no. like. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> My grandfather used Gold Bond powder. Oh yeah. You know, and yes. I still use Gold Bond. Of My course, grandfather yeah. used it. Yeah. He said he he used it in the twenties. But you're not using Bro Cream so well. No, no, a little, but a little dab will do you. <laughs> you look so debonair. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> There's a point in here somewhere. I know. <laughs> yeah, real cream, a little. Dab yeah, there's, that's, that's right. the one. Yeah. Yes. I used Vitalis oh, for years. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. It's probably <laughs> Corb saying, "Pull the plug." Okay. <laughs> Your first name in town, please, and you're yeah. on the air with uh, uh, in the garden. Hey, Joel. This is Randy from Waltham. Hi there. Hi, I've Randy. got a question for Peter about sure. my Brussels sprouts. Yeah. What you got? So you advised me a couple weeks ago to uh-huh. uh, we're going to cut the limbs the lower off. leaves mm-hmm. off the sprouts. Yeah. And and I have, but I'm having trouble with the sprout setting yet. The setting? You mean setting? Forming a head. Forming a head. There, I've got. The plant itself, they're maybe all 18 inches to two foot high. Yeah. But I really don't have any sprouts oh. forming on the you, stock. You don't so see any little little green bud in in the just the tiniest in some. Yeah. Uh, I assume you're watering them and and oh, yeah. them and all that and good I stuff. Put, you know the fish emulsion on uh-huh. them. But, yeah. Um, wow. Should I put more, or is it the heat causing them to slow up? It could be that the heat is causing them to slow up, but I would say just be patient because I usually don't I don't okay. harvest mine until November. So okay. that means you've got September, October, and no, you know half of November before you really would expect them to be full size. And oh. when you look at the package, it does say it's a 120-day uh, vegetable. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it takes a long time for them to form, but they're yeah. very well worth it, you know. Oh, they are that. Um, I guess the other question, I was wondering if the heat caused them to maybe, what, bolt? And should I cut the tops off? Um, I would give it another couple of weeks or so before I cut the tops off. But, yeah, um, you will do that eventually. Uh, and you're, you're, you're not seeing any of the cabbage worm in there or nothing? No, I've been, like that. I, okay. I think I've battled all of them. Oh, good, good. We had a few tomato worms. They always show up. Oh, yeah. Days big. Yeah, yeah. The, it, you mean the horned one, the horned tomato yeah, worm? Yeah, the horned worms on the tomatoes. <laughs> but I leave the ones with the white uh, wasp egg sacs alone. So oh, yeah. Well, they can be a... my vigilance. Yes, yeah, drone that, fleet out there, if you will. Good, good, good choice. Yes, for sure. So, and uh, okay, so, so the Brussels sprouts, I would just uh, try to be patient with them because uh, they will form. And yeah. like I said, I usually don't harvest until November. And, right. Uh, you know, in in where I live in the central right. Vermont here. Well, two years ago, I was gonna, had a, we had a nice harvest coming, mm-hmm. and I looked out one morning, and we had 10 deer mm. eating like popsicles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with that. We always uh, harvested them the day before Thanksgiving. That was our, you know, oh. sort of a tradition. I'd, uh, and if I had a lot of them, I'd harvest, you know, um, most of them and bring them in. 
but we we had piles and piles of Brussels sprouts for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. So, uh, but one year uh, the deer did beat me to it, um, and so if you have them, you're going to have to protect them, and it's you know you, you can. Put a tomato cage over it, and maybe put a um, you know brown paper bag over it uh, towards the very end. It won't affect them at all, and uh, or you know fence them off, or somehow or another protect them, or right. you know sit outside all all night and you know <laughs> scare yeah. off the de- the, the maybe deer. Maybe train them too with deer season still open before Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, salt lick is illegal, but nobody said anything about the Brussels sprout lick. Yeah. You haven't talked yet. No, no. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, enjoy the show. All right, good luck with the Brussels sprouts, and keep us in touch. Let us know how yeah. it goes. Cause, uh, Thank you. Yep, Bye-bye. take care. So uh, with the frying onions, it, it brought up something uh, for me. Are we just about time for a break? This Is would be a good time saying? for one. Yeah. Good time for a break. Okay. okay. All the, right. We'll the, see you on the other side. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. All right, and uh, the telephone number is eight, I know Corb's saying they're not on the sponsor list. Yeah, 802-244-1777. Oh, Lordy. Uh, Brill Cream probably lost a customer. Remember, David Zuckerman has uh, clipped off his uh, ponytail Whoa, as yeah. part of a campaign yes. promise to uh, supporters who voted either cut it or keep it. Yeah, yeah. And it's cut. I, it, so. I heard they, yeah. Yeah, they donated, donated to the... Uh, and he donated to the hair yeah. people mm-hmm. that uh, help people who uh, lose their hair due to chemotherapy and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, there you That's go. A, yeah, right. right. <laughs> 802-244-1777. <laughs> the there, there was a reason I brought up the uh, Shishito. Mm. And uh, just so nobody's left out, we could call it Shihi. She, he, to, if you wanted to, but anyway, she, she, it's S-H-I-S-H-I-T-O, and, and, uh, Johnny's has it, High Mowing has it, and, uh, Pine Tree has them, and Burpees has them, so, uh, it's easy, it's easy to find the seeds, so I found out, and I will definitely be adding them to my, um, uh, notes for next year. Wonderful. To, uh, to try them again, and, it, it brings up, since we're, we've been talking a little bit about storing our vegetables and, and, uh, as I've mentioned, uh, probably a number of times is that my goal is to be able to grow all the fruits and vegetables for my wife and I, for two people. And, and sort of keep track of how much time, how much space and how many plants it takes to, to, um, to reach that goal. And, uh, uh, so, 
in w- one of the chapters of, of my book is uh, is uh, playing house, and uh, the idea, the concept here is is if you if you can't grow all the vegetables, the the, the 900 pounds of vegetables and the 700 pounds of fruit. You know, go to the farmer's market, you know, and in this case, uh, I didn't grow any of those uh, shishito uh, frying peppers. So I'm going to stop at the farmer's market and pick up, you know, probably if they have them, maybe, you know, five, maybe 10 pints of them and uh, freeze them. So we have them over over the years. And uh that idea, that basic concept really works for just about anything. I don't grow corn, uh, but I like to freeze it. Uh, I haven't actually tried canning it. I mentioned that last week, but frozen corn is really terrific. And so I'll, I'll buy the corn and, uh, and freeze that and add it to my 900 pounds or of, of vegetables. And so the idea is you don't necessarily have to grow every pound of vegetables. Uh, but it's a, and it's a good practice to kind of get a sense of, well, how much, how much is this really? Do I have the space for it in my freezer? Can I can that stuff? Do I have a, a pantry shelf that I can use? So you can work your way into, um, you know, the freezing, the drying, the canning, the cold storage and all that stuff uh, as you as you go along in the year. And and then as you find out what you like, what you use, how well you use it, um, you know, start to add it to your garden. So it's a little bit of of, uh, you know, uh, just you know, working with the concept of having all your own vegetables. So if you can't grow it, you can still um, get it at the farmer's market. And we're fortunate because, you know, it seems like every little town, you know, uh, across Vermont has a farmer's market. And and the quality of the food usually is organic, maybe not all of it, but certainly a very high percentage is is um organic and these farmers are hard working people and they generally produce really great veggies and so um you know while you're working on your garden and trying to get to the place where you grow all your own veggies and fruits um you know you can you can visit these farms and guess what you'll probably learn a few things like the marmalade tomato which i think is absolutely wonderful and i learned something new frying peppers i just never used them before and uh they're a keeper i, I definitely would plan on using those again i hope you you enjoy those you and your wife well, I'm looking forward. Let, let me tell you. <laughs> a little bit of soy sauce or salt and a little bit of lemon on them. And uh, every recipe I looked at online was like, yeah, a little salt. And that's the, the very nice lady at uh, the Littlewoods Farm there, uh, uh, you know, told me, yeah, they're real easy. Just blister them on, both, on two sides and until they're tender enough to eat, and that's it. Yeah, I always uh, do a little onions with any peppers that I fry. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I always make some rice. For some reason, I love mm-hmm. having rice with them. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You're already ad-libbing. Yes. <laughs> getting very hungry right now. <laughs> I will have to uh, admit I had one of those uh, Japanese eggplants from my, mm. from my garden, and so um, I actually fried them in a separate, a separate, uh, uh, you know, skillet, you know, cast iron skillet. And, uh, we had them with the peppers and on the pizza and, uh, 
But the best was just eating the peppers, you know, plain. Yeah. And they just get that wonderful flavor and and uh, really very delicious. So if you can't grow it, you know, get some at the farmer's market, get a few pints, get a ton of pints, whatever. And uh, those ones, uh, which should freeze very very well. And the the interesting thing is you don't really have to blanch those uh, peppers. You can just um, throw them in a bag and freeze them and, because they have a very thin skin. That's what makes them a good frying pepper is that the skins are so thin that they they cook down, they soften up really quickly. And I sort of thought, well, oh, these are just pepperoncini peppers, you know, the ones that you, you know, the Italian peppers that you use to, to uh, pickle. For salad peppers is what they call them sometimes. But these are a thinner wall than those, so they, they are a bit different. Not that you couldn't use them. But. Anyway, um, that's that's the, uh, the whole idea with the uh, frying peppers and how you can go ahead and play house and buy stuff that you need and fill your larder with uh, enough veggies, fruits and veggies for, for the year. And yeah. I'm starting to see the uh, dilly beans appear at the farmer's market <laughs> as they're doing their harvest and their um, canning. And I'm the lazy man. I buy the dilly beans. Oh, yeah, even at $9 yeah. a jar, yeah, right? Well, well, I don't pay too much attention. I, I know, me too. I, I confess, <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're we not going to be back in our house until November. So it's mm-hmm. been a struggle, you know, is is to sort of like r- take the reins of the horse, you know, and right. pull him back a little bit. Like, don't buy anything that we, you know, right now you have to wait, <laughs> you know. And I have my chest freezer and i sort of chomping at the bit to uh, to... You know, get back to it again. I got a great crop of uh, basil right now, and I'm, and parsley too. And of course, I uh, got the garlic that's all ready to go. And all I need is the olive oil and the walnuts, and mm. and uh, uh, we got pesto. So, uh, and those are those are those I freeze. Um, I don't uh, I don't water bath them or. Anything else, I'd just put them right in the freezer in a little plastic container, sort of like a serving size yeah. container. I used um, uh, ice, cu- ice cube trays. Yep. The plastic, plastic ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, my mom had these old metal ones. Oh, uh, you remember the aluminum with, with, with the, the little handle, arm? With yeah, the handle, right. yeah, the arm. My mother, my mother passed those on to me, which I think belonged to her mother. <laughs> and they, they were. They they work fine for ice cubes. It seemed a bit of an overkill, but it didn't work well for the uh, pesto. No. It just broke them into shreds. Yeah, you know? right. Crumble them. Yeah. Crumble them, yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, Ziploc or one of those, you know, baggy people, they have these really small ones. They're about like that square. Mm-hmm. You know, they're about three or four inches. No, no, about two or three inches square and, you know, an inch and a half deep. And they were just perfect for uh uh, you know, for a meal, you could put that in the microwave and and heat it up and put it right on your ravioli or spaghetti, and, mm. and that was just just right. And then I <laughs> I, I have two because you know I always uh, put the Parmesan cheese in it, you know. So I have the the um, we had the basil, of course, and the parsley, the olive oil, plenty of garlic, and uh, then I like the Parmesan cheese and put that in there, and the the walnuts. That's why I use the walnuts instead of the pine uh, pine nuts. But, uh, you know, some of them, 
because I've uh, one of my kids is sensitive to to dairy products, so uh, I do a batch of of stuff that has you know no no Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. in it. And uh, I met a couple once, and between the two of them, they were they were arguing that the one with the cheese was better and the one without the cheese was better. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> How can you, uh, you know, when something that's good, how could something be, be gooder? Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> those, I think I'm actually going to have to do something with those because I got so much basil right now. And, uh, yeah, the one that we had started to go to seed already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been plucking the, the little, little flowers, spears, yeah. the little yeah. white flowers off, uh, for a few weeks now. And, Purple basil is real pretty with the purple yeah. flowers. Yeah, yeah. but flavor-wise, it's like, you know. Not not quite there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So since I'm making pesto with it, um, you know, I like to, I wonder what, you know, it would probably just turn brown if I tried to use it. So, I mean, well, if you had a nice purple. It, it, it is basil t- tasty, but I think they sell them more for ornamental purposes. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, there was one year in which I just wanted to try every different kind of basil, <laughs> and the uh, your basic green basil that you yeah. know, Genovese, the Italian, uh, yeah, the right. same, yeah. Best. I always try to learn and find out what. Uh, but when Bo's restaurant was open, and I always used to try to sneak around back to see what. You know, they were dumping into the dumpster in terms of cans, and I, it was an imported tomato paste from mm. from Italy. Oh, really? I, I forget what the brand name was, mm. but I was never able to locate it. And this was long before uh, internet and yeah. you know and Amazon and things like that, because uh, their sauce was out of, out of sight. Still is, and it, yes. Uh, and I and um, Babe uh, Bove, he would uh, he was he was. Very circumspect. He was the nicest, nicest guy in the world. But he said, yeah. hey, could you tell us what, what he, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's a family <laughs> recipe. <you know. laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> and then you go behind and find that it's all canned anyway. So, you know. <laughs> well, it was, it was a, a very special, I mean, very special tomato oh, paste yeah. that, the, that yeah. they use. And then, of course, that was just the beginning, you know, God, the mm-hmm. rest of the, mm-hmm. the rest of it was, I'm sure, a real great family secret. Well, let's see what we have right now. It's 107. Our telephone number is 244-1777. And pushing the button and saying and asking your first name in town. John from Hyde Park. Hey, John. How are you today? Good, good. What's going on? So you're ready for me. Okay, uh, just a quick question, I think. Um, We just harvested our onions this morning. Yeah. as we did after we did it, so some of this will be after the fact. But yeah, we're wondering how close to the onion should you cut the top off? Is there any importance to that? Well, you can. There's really two ways to do it. Uh, you can you can set them out and let them dry, and as that top dries, it'll crinkle up, and you can just sort of crinkle it up, and it comes off. You know. Um, the way I usually do is I go ahead and snip the top and I'll leave usually an inch or inch and a half of stem. And it's usually green to dry in a little bit when I do that. And I just, I find that the, they, they actually seem to dry quicker that way and uh, just sort of like 
it takes less space because you don't have to figure out where to put all the the tops and stuff. So um, your your the answer to your specific question is I usually go about an inch and a half above, and uh, if you do a little shorter, it's really not a problem. But we we did do it a little shorter. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's fine. And then the roots, you cut them off after they're dried. Is that correct? Um, I usually, uh, as soon as when I'm picking them, I usually actually uh, have a scrub brush, you know, like a, you know, a, yeah. a kitchen scrub brush. And I scrub the dirt right off of them at the time and I trim them right then and there. Um, okay. And the reason I do that is that I have found, at least my experience, is that if they rot, it's usually because of the dirt on the on the in the roots that haven't been cleaned off. You know, you see they start to get little uh, black speckles on them and stuff, and that and that's so similar to what I'll do with garlic too. Is that I just find that it's better. Um, if you read in a book or go online or you know. Uh, YouTube, uh, every, it seems like everybody likes to to lay them out with the tops and all the rest of the roots and then knock the dirt off afterward. I just find that it they stay cleaner and have less uh, less chance of uh, getting, a, you know, spots and stuff on them while you're storing them. So, uh, and unless you, you're planning to braid them, and then if you're braiding them, you want to leave the tops. Yeah, on. no, we don't braid them. You so. don't, yeah. yeah. So how do you store yours? Uh, we just put them in bags like you get a yeah. store that the net bag. mesh bag. Uh huh. Yeah. Better to put them in like separately, smaller bags probably. So yeah. 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 Probably. You know the old. You know, uh, uh, one uh, one rotten apple will spoil the bunch. You know, uh, and that's true with onions as well and potatoes. So, yeah, if you can do a little smaller, that's better. Even you can hang a series of bags if if you have the height. You know. Yeah. Um, and I've I've had good luck with braided tomato uh, onions. Uh, you know, storing them in the kitchen and. And that works really well, but that you know the curing stage is real important to make sure that that one they don't cure in the direct sun, and two is a you know it's in a nice spot that's uh, partially shaded at least and and nice and dry with lots of wind going through. I actually do them in my woodshed because when you open both doors of my woodshed, it's like a it's like a a wind tunnel in there, so that that oh, yeah. works out really well. And then I I have uh. Uh, some shelves that I made that are, you know, the bottoms are hardware cloth, so I can stack them around, and that that gives them plenty of air around them. Okay, I think you've been. That sounds good. Yeah, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, onions did you grow? You know? uh, yellow onion. The yellow, yeah. So, so they're storage ones. I got some know. white ones that I haven't harvested too. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the call, John, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your program. (laughs) Great, great. Uh, Do we have another? uh, We have uh, Kathleen. Is that next up? Kathleen uh, in the Adirondacks of New York. Did it get a little cool over there yesterday? It did, and very breezy, which was great for my clothes on the line. But I I have a question about basil. Yeah. Um, Can I just... I hope you're going to say yes. Yes. Can I just put it in ba- Ziploc bags and put it in the freezer? Yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm just now shredding a billion zucchini for zucchini bread because uh-huh. I have all this 
zucchini, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, oh dear God, I'm I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> so my basil is perfect, and I want to put that up, and yeah. I'm making. Tomato, which with my tomatoes, I just roast them at like 500 till they blacken, and yeah. then I cuisinart them, put oh. them in a bag, and put them in the freezer. Oh, yummy. That sounds great. That's what I do. I like roast them, roast them. Yeah, and yeah. And then I just add, I might add, I might add a can of um, tomato paste. I might not. It just depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't really trust myself with canning. I just have this fear of canning. I don't know why. I just well, think yeah. I'm going to do it wrong. Well, because... So I just put everything in the freezer. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. I, you know, well, thank that, you. And, you know, my, my husband's uh, – we, we have big freezers because he's like a hunter and stuff. So we always mm-hmm. have these big chest freezers. Yeah. And I do Ziploc bags and I, like, make a stack. I do them mm-hmm. flat. Mm-hmm. And I just freezer. make, like, a stack of yep. 20 of tomato sauce or whatever. Yeah. And just yeah. pick them up like a Frisbee and thaw them out. There you go. And um, uh, another thing you can do with those uh, zucchinis that I found really useful because I like to make soups and uh, stews in the winter is – if you take them, parboil them like you would normally, and then just cuisinart, and so there, it's sort of like a, you know, it's it's all you know, just like a soup in a way. Oh right. And then I'll freeze that again in in one gallon bags and lay them out flat so they stack up nice. And then almost like a puree. Almost. It's a puree. Thank you. That's the right, right oh, word. Perfect. And 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 that's really nice for a couple of reasons. One, of course, it's a it's a it's nice a body. You know, it gives it a nice creamy sort of uh, texture. Right. The puree. And then it's uh, zucchini in itself doesn't have a real strong flavor, so you you know it's easy to flavor it with the the meats and the meat juices or or whatever else you put into it. Uh, you know, and and um, and of course you can add broth to that too, but it's a good base to start with. Right, and the other thing I do with it, it's it's kind of like thrown together. It's not really a recipe, yeah. but I almost like you know how potato latkes, where you do oh, yeah. like a potato pancake. Oh yeah, you can do that with zucchini. Oh kind yeah, of. You just sure. add flour and scallions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you can make a zucchini pancakey thing. Yeah, yeah, and and do you do that with the frozen shredded zucchini then? Yes. Oh, okay. So I look at these zucchinis and I want to just give some of it to the chickens because I can't like I'm overwhelmed <laughs> at the thought of. <laughs> hey, they have to eat too, so. <laughs> right. So we did. So my husband just took some out. But right now he's picking the basil, and I said I got to call my mm-hmm. my garden guys there and make go. sure I can just throw them in the freezer because that's just what I want to do. Uh, if you're not blanching them, they may blacken when you're doing them. Oh, should I bl- oh, I could blanch them. But, uh, yeah, they blanch r- really well. I, right. I got to doing that with my pesto because they did stay greener, uh, you know, without the, um, uh, without too much of the, uh, citrus acid, you know, the. Oh, okay. And, uh, and it's easy. It's just in out, you know, it's, it's basically. In out. Okay, in out perfect. Time. And, okay, uh, perfect. and, and that works really well. So it depends on what you're gonna, you're planning to use it for. Um, if it's just Mostly like. Mostly sauces. I don't sauces, really, yeah. I haven't made pesto. I guess I should after hearing you guys talk about it. Mm. Um, but mostly stu- stews and mm-hmm. soups yep. and, yep. you know, all my venison tricks and sauces oh, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, wonderful. Sometimes just basil <laughs> and mozzarella and tomato, but of course I can't, you know, that has to be fresh. That does have to be fresh. Uh, how about so, you, Joel? You getting hungry here? <laughs> I am starving. When I blanch the basil, I wonder if farmers markets it, right? I mean, I have to do the water bath, the ice bath. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that would be right. Now, uh, so anyway, 
if you if you're not planning to use it in a sauce that where you want it nice and green like a pesto, you know you yeah. can just freeze it. That's fine. If you're planning to use it for something like a sauce where you want it nice and green, then you know you should probably blanch it. Right. And no, I'll just blanch it. I'll, I'll just blanch today. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your help. You're I've very got welcome. tons of green tomatoes, and I'm hoping, you know, for enough. Because <laughs> um, here we are in the Adirondacks, and. <laughs> I just hope that I can um, get them red before the end. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can always wrap them in newspaper and put them in a bag. You know, that, that right. works pretty that's well right. too. But well, you uh, guys have helped me so much. I really appreciate all oh, your help. Well, that's good to hear. Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate that. Are you a Kathleen right. or you go by Kathy? I'm Kathleen, okay. and it's our second year in the Adirondacks. We we lost our house. You know, a COVID loss of job thing, oh, yeah. and. Um, we didn't lose our house, but we moved from Massachusetts to here full-time because mm. of a job. Yep. And so now we live here full-time mm. in the Adirondacks, and it's hard. Yeah, gardening is I a mean, little harder. I mean, we're way up north. I have yeah. no neighbors, nothing. It's oh, hard. My. But we're growing a lot of our food this year. Uh, for the first time, I'm really doing the big garden. So you guys oh, have been extremely you. helpful. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, Kathleen. This so have nice a great day. You. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. Happy Cannon. Well, and did you have some? Oh, Ted. Hey, Ted. Just a quick follow-up because it seems academically certifiable, and I saw someone do it to my shock because I, of course, was brought up drying the onions in the driveway as as Dick Raymond instructed. Yes. And I saw this UVM certified, he wasn't a vegetable, but guy, Twisting the tops yeah. off of his freshly harvested onions, mm-hmm. and I think that's very different than cutting. Yeah, it probably is. In fact, is. in the store, sometimes you'll see that they're folded over. So yeah. I think the twisting it defines the distance, uh-huh. yeah. and it gives a different closure. And I think that's worth a try. Sure. Uh, I've been doing it as I lose patience with trying to get them crisp <laughs> <laughs> in the driveway. I just want to add that as a as a it's great a it's great experimental uh, add on you will you will find it, as I do is that you know if you talk to a hundred different uh, gardeners there'll be a hundred different ways to do the same thing so right this uh, particular uh, one though was twist college educated and a college educator and <laughs> and I think there may Watch be out. reason I didn't cross examine him but no. let's go let's go for it I am thanks Bye. if it works for you Ted I'm happy with it I well like it. and have someone try it when the question comes up thanks. yes yes for Bye. sure <laughs> Okay, dry, drying them in the driveway, and then the UPS truck pulls in. <laughs> well, okay. I think the point was a, a, a dry, flat space. Yeah, yes, was, indeed. <laughs> so we probably need to take a break here. Yeah, or, we, or do we? Are we? Well, we're due for yeah, our we second can, one, aren't we? We can. Yeah, we can take the second break. But let's take the first. Let's take oh, our okay. caller, All right, and then we'll take the break right after this caller. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, and uh, your first name in town. You're on the air. Oh, you know who this is. Hey, Nola. So just a quick check in. We're going down to do our final dance with the horsetail. Oh, good. And then, God willing, the garden will be back. We've told it. We've told it. And most of it is looking more brown than green. You've done the horsetail dance and. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the dance. It's worse than the tango. So we'll see how that goes. And just an update on mm-hmm. 
the amazingly beautiful artistic paper wasps. Yeah. So we have not blown them out yet. <laughs> My phone calls to the Department of Ag got, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> and <laughs> other sources. So your your suggestion to uh, pretty much hose them away is still standing strong. Okay. <laughs> We're just they they've gone from this little bobble to this huge nest which is coming out of all the holes in the propane tank top. Yeah. And it's beautiful and I don't want to hurt them. Yeah. yeah but I, I don't want anyone else someone came but over this week and left. The fact is not going is, near that greenhouse, yeah. not with the paper wall no, there. No. The, you won't hurt them, but I guarantee you that if you're in the right place at the wrong time, they will hurt you. So, yeah. so, so you want to keep your distance there, kiddo. We'll we'll be careful. So just you it seems like it was a blink of an eye ago that the show was about soil pH and what to grow, and now everybody's calling in talking about all they've grown. <laughs> it's gardening. It's a miracle. It really is. I agree. So even the problems yield good nests. Yep. yep. So let's keep growing good things. So have you tried the uh, frying peppers? I don't know if you heard uh, earlier in the show. Yeah, I the... like frying peppers. You do like frying. My problem in the greenhouse is I start all these peppers and tomatoes, mm-hmm. and then the marker that I marked the <laughs> varieties with it, it gets washed away and then they just go out as peppers that's what joel um, said his problem was he couldn't tell the hot ones from the other ones <laughs> until you took a bite exactly yeah. well, Too it, late. Was, it was terrible what the kids were around i said these are sweet as sugar yeah yeah well we had that with the cubanellas we we were growing cubanellas my wife likes those particularly and uh, they can be a little bit hot and sometimes you get one that is a very hot and my wife was saying, hey, try these. These are really good. And they're not very hot, and she's munching away. So Dave takes a big old bite of of a hot pepper, and it was a hot one. The poor kid had to run. You know, he was well, uh, That's one thing in the greenhouse yep. that grasshoppers do not like hot <laughs> peppers. There you go. So that's one way to ID them. Yeah. They did come back, by the way, speaking yeah. of friends of the greenhouse, paper yeah. wasps and things, yep. but they're all very slow yep. and sluggish. You'll have to get so, the roll-on Caspian that... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and just fill the greenhouse with that. What a great idea. So I say to you guys, let's keep growing things, and I just love noticing how the conversations change each week <laughs> as people harvest more. And, yeah. And yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I've got to go get the whole bunch of basil, so... And I I'm got for the school garden, so as soon as we get it tilled, I got those uh, daikon radish seeds. Oh, good. Yeah. And still, I don't think it's too late, 50 days. That would be no, late September. Yeah, you'll be all right, sure. We'll be okay. So yep. We'll see how those fly. Yep. Have a great afternoon. All right, Nola. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. I turned off your microphone and not hers. That was the, my mistake <laughs> of the moment. But I'm not going to make a mistake because we are going to honor the fine sponsors right from the day we were taking pH levels in our soil to the day we're drying onions in the uh, part in the uh, driveway. Yep. Uh, these fine people can help you not only during this stretch of time but uh, 12 months a year, yep. and they make this program possible. 
In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Telephone number is 244-1777, an 802 number, of course. And uh, our final five minutes or so with Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Um, so when I was uh, looking up different you know, canning methods and stuff, uh, I happened on one called raw stacking canning method. And uh, I have never used it. It looked interesting, and I was uh, wondering if anybody out there had ever tried it or used it. The the premise is um, basically making each jar have the same amount of beans and vegetables and meat and all this other stuff, putting a broth over it and then canning that. And because it's uh, vegetables and meat, it has to be, of course, the... Uh, the pressure canning, mm-hmm. but I just wondered if anybody had ever done it. I I see the sense in it, and uh, I'm just kind of wondered if if anybody had ever tried it before. It's called a raw stacking canning method, and uh, so the, you know the uh, basically you know you have the same number of beans and cabbage and carrots and you know. Uh, all the different ingredients, and you put the same amount in each one, so each jar is exactly the same as the other ones, or very nearly anyway. And they say, you know, there are certain things that you can't use it for, and certain things that you, you know, works great for. But having never tried it, um, the only way I've ever done that is when I make my, uh, when I dry my uh, soup stock jar. You know, I'll put this many carrots and that many onions and this many green peppers and so much basil, so many basil leaves, so many cloves of garlic, and I put them all in one jar and, you know, from dried. And then when I want to make a a, a broth, you know, I'll, I'll put a put that quart jar into a gallon of water. But the so that's the same idea, but I'm not canning it. I'm just... I'm drying it and mm-hmm. filling the jar and sealing it off. And sometimes we just heat them up a little bit so that, you know, when you when you do that, it's it's got a good seal on it. But uh, I don't know. Ever hear that dry the raw stacking? Well, that's a new one on me. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. And uh, and then the other one that I've never tried before was the uh, freeze drying. Now it's fairly expensive equipment. And I, at this point, I really can't see how or why that would be um, a good idea to invest. Other than if you, you know, plan to do a lot of hiking and you wanna, you wanna take food uh, like that, you could use it for that. But and uh, so, if anybody has any ideas about the raw stocking cannon method, call me next week and let me know what you'd do with that. And any advice about storing your vegetables and and, and drying your onions, uh, that would be great to hear. I'd really like that. And uh, I guess that's all that I had to 
Let me see here now. It seems odd ending exactly on time. I know. I, 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 it must be something more. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be something essential we have to do to drive our, our, our esteemed archivist crazy because he has yeah. a 90-minute window. He pops this in on the, on the podcast <laughs> the stream. 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta get rid of those commercials. Huh? <laughs> no, the commercials will stay. That's right. Oh, the commercials. <laughs> the stay. commercial week. I go. They, they, you cut anything out, cut Joel out, and put more commercials in. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, uh, enjoy your garden, and uh, we will see you next week. We're here next week, right? There's no ball game or anything. As far as I can see, we're all okay. set. So all wonderful. Right. Yep. All right. Good. Well, thanks for joining us in the garden, and we will see you next week. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling. In the Garden today has been brought to you by the Willie's Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. One call does it all at Poly Construction. Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway, serving you in so many ways all year round. Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store. They have everything right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Just uh, diagonally across from the Spanked Puppy. If uh, heading uh, toward that area, that's where they are. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972 and plenty of them. By V's Flower and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and so much more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Check them online, sticksandstuff.com, for store specials and their locations and hours. By PNR Lumber. Customer Appreciation Day all day today, and what great values and great sales. Stop on in. They're on Route 15 in Walcott, PNR Lumber, for family milled lumber for all your projects. Check PNR Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Online at guysfarmandyard.com. Also, Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. They have all your needs, and they sponsor our In the Garden podcast, so you can listen anytime. Dandelionacres.com online. Join us next Saturday at 1230 in the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke.